This is the Carl DeMasi Sports Report. Excited to be back here again to talk about local sports. And that's what the show's about, local sports. Sponsored by Optum Orthopedics. You want to hear about your favorite local athlete, your favorite local team, your favorite local high school, middle school, Pop Warner football team, YMCA basketball team, City League. That's what it's all about. Let's talk about it. Let's let people know about it. On ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400, and FM 104.3. Good morning, Savannah and the Low Country. Welcome to the Call the Monster Sports Report presented to you by Optum Orthopedics right here on ESPN Radio Savannah, AM 1400 and 104.3 FM. And yes, a little bad to the bone for this Saturday morning, and it's November, November 2nd. Right here in Savannah, Georgia, and I'm Carl Demasi. I'm your host for the next two hours. And like I said, you're listening to the Carl Demasi Sports Report, brought to you by Optimo Orthopedics, right here on ESPN Radio, AM 1400 and 104.3 FM. Great weekend to uh, go outside. I don't know about that right now because it's cloudy, but it's supposed to clear up. It's supposed to cool down. Uh, we had that little cold front come through. The rain affected some of our high school football games last night. We got a lot on tap here. And remember, every Saturday morning, I'm here talking about local sports. I'll talk national sports, but I'm really, I like to talk about local sports. Let's talk about the local kids. Let's talk about the local teams. Let's talk about the youth teams. Let's talk about the YNCA teams. Hey, all you have to do is give me a call uh, at 912-920-4441. The phone lines are open. Let's talk Talk whatever you want to talk about local sports. I mean, who's going to win the basketball uh, championships this year? We have returning defending state champion Johnson High School. I mean, they're going to be playing against Savannah High in the same region. we got football going on. Is Savannah Christian going to make the playoffs? Is Calvary Day School going to run, run the table? B.C., Going for their first undefeated season since 1983. That's the regular undefeated season. So, I mean, there's so much to talk about. Uh, swimming, cross-country. Savannah Arts Academy wins the region cross-country championship. I mean, these are things we want to talk about. Uh, Brian Harmon on the PGA Golf Tour. Uh, uh, Mark, uh, Mark Silvers winning the, the, you know, the, the big break and trying to make it on the web. Dot com tour. This is what's all about. Will Claxton from Swainsboro. You know, Will Claxton, he's on the PGA tour. All right, so I'm just excited about being here. Like I say every week, I know I always use the word excited, but that's what I am. I love doing this. It's a lot of fun. It's just a local guy having a lot of fun talking about local sports. Uh, you know, as usual, we have a great lineup. Of course, in this segment is my first game. We play two games here. Okay, we do a double header, and I love the saying by the great Ernie Banks, shortstop for the Chicago Cubs, let's play two every day while we're playing two here. Two hours, first games from 9 to 10, second games from 10 to 11. In the first uh, game, first quarter, right now, that's what we're in. I'll give you all the uh, local news and scores of high school football I, that I put together. In the second quarter, we're going to talk to the man that hosts the weekly high school first look Football show right here on ESPN Radio Savannah every Thursday night from 6 to 7. And that's P.J. Zuko, former high school player, former semi-pro football. He still can play semi-pro football. Uh, kicker down there in the Golden Isles. Uh, then we'll get into the third quarter, which we're going to have a live interview. The 11th year that this clinic has gone on, and it's free, the Sycamore at the stadium baseball clinic. And we'll talk to the man that runs the whole show to direct to Jason Rockwell live at about 9.30, 9.33. And then we'll close it out in the fourth quarter of the first hour. Then we go to the second game, second hour, from 10 until 11. We're going to have 
of course, local scoreboard update. Uh, right now, Savannah Christian Lady uh, Red Raiders are playing in the Georgia High School State Association. Loses bracket championship. They win, they go to the championship. Uh, so they're playing right away at 9 o'clock. Uh, we're going to be talking to the columnist. Yes, the columnist, Stephen Weeks from Savannah Morning News. Uh, we're going to talk about Georgia, Florida. The man is a Georgia Florida Georgia football expert, and he knows a lot about the Georgia-Florida game. And we're going to be talking about the McGladry Classic coming up. It's a PGA Tour right here in this area down in Jekyll Islands. He knows about a lot about golf. He writes the weekly column about golf in this area. That's Stephen Weeks in the first quarter. In the second quarter, we'll have a Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic Athlete of the Week, senior football player from Calvary Day School, Derek Kirkland. Fifteen touchdowns this year this young man scored. Uh, just a triple threat player. Uh, running... Passing, defense, uh, catching the ball, great kid. Uh, I'm looking forward to Derek Kirtland coming in from Calvary Day School. And then in the third quarter, I mean, the playoff, the playoff picture, especially, excuse me, in Class A, with the points, with the private school playing their own segment and the public school playing their own segment. Well, this man sits on the committee, uh, and he came up with this uh, idea with the other guys that are on the committee. Chad Griffin, the athletic director of Calvary Day School, he's going to try and make it a little clearer for us, and then we'll close out the show. All right, let's go to the scoreboard. National sports, I got to send it out. I got to say it. Boston Braves wins the national uh, wins the World Series. National headlines: big controversy with Big Poppy David Ortiz winning the MVP, uh, hitting over 600. He's a steroid user. He's a drug user. The guy is a good guy. I mean, he's a class guy. I'm not a Boston fan, but I can tell you right now, I respect David Ortiz. Yes, he made a mistake. He admitted it. He he, he failed the drug test. But you know what? Don't we give people second chances in life? You know, when people make mistakes, don't we let them correct it? He's made a mistake. I mean, you know, then you got the perennial liar, which is a different story. Yes, the perennial liar. That's what I'm saying. Alex Rodriguez. Okay, that's a different story. And he plays for the Yankees. I'm a Yankee fan. But you know what? I'd rather root for David Ortiz before I root for Alex, uh, Alex Rodriguez right now or ever. And my man, Derek Jeter, there's a class act. Same, same situation as David Ortiz, except that he hasn't used steroid. Signs a $12 million contract to play for the New York Yankees. Uh, just a, a great story right there. But David Ortiz, great World Series. I don't care whether you're on steroids or not. When you can hit over 600 in the World Series, you're doing... He, he's a hitter now. He's not just a home runner. He's a hitter. He's learned how to hit. Okay. That's my soapbox for this morning. Give the man a break. Give him a second chance. Will he get into the Hall of Fame? That's a different story. In volleyball, Savannah Christian, heartbreaker. This week on Wednesday, they lost to Hebron Christian in five sets. Uh, they won the first one 26-24. Sorry, they lost the first one 26-24. They came back, won the second one 25-22. They came back and won the third one 25-21. They lost the fourth one 25-16. And they lost the tiebreaker, the fifth set 15-13. So uh, Hebron Christian is in the uh, state championships, the single-A state championships of volleyball against Hebron Hebron. Christian against the Holy Innocents. In uh, softball, FEM County lost two out of three. They lost the uh, first time against Loganville. FEM County, we're talking about softball, lost 5-1. They came back and won in the losers bracket 6 nothing, and then they lost to Pope uh, on the same day, one nothing. South FEM lost two straight to Walnut Grove and Perry. And Savannah Christian right now is taking on first Presbyterian in the losers bracket championship. They win, they go to the championship of the Class A softball championship. Uh, private school championship right here in Georgia High School today. All right, high school scoreboard. Let's go to it. Johnson 
still has a chance at the playoffs. They beat Beats last night 20-14. to 14. They got behind. They came back with a big win. Coach Thomas Ted are doing a great job. Now they play Tattnall County next week. Whoever wins that game makes the state playoffs. Could it be two years in a row for the Adams Smashers? Once again, they beat Johnson 20-14 last night looking at the state playoffs. And we're up against the clock here in the first quarter. Uh, I'll make this quick. Benedictine uh, clinches the Region 2A double, the Region 2A conference championship, beating Davis last night, 54 to nothing. Mikey Huggins was the only cadet to score two touchdowns, but there are a lot of guys that scored touchdown last night. Stevie Powers, once again, great night at quarterback, six for eight, 140 yards, and a, a TD to his favorite target, Brad Stewart, who had five catches for 122 yards. Uh, Calvary Day School clinches the. Uh, Subdivision 3A uh, by beating Porter last night, 30-0. Uh, we'll have Derek Kirkland on in the second hour, 75 yards on 16 carries. Robin Hayward, 121 yards and a touchdown on 10 carries. Michael Peterson throws for 140 yards and three touchdown passes. Two were to Kirkland, and one was to Khalid Hughes. All three touchdown passes came in a span of 37 seconds. Calvary, 7-2, and 4-0 region. They'll face Johnson County. Next week for the Region 3A Championship. Okay, and they have to travel out there. Well, uh, hold it. I got a little note here with the site to be determined. So we'll find out from Calvary Day School Athletic Director uh, Chad Griffin later on in the show. Jenkins loses to Richmond Hill 41-21. Richmond Hill's in the playoffs on a roll. South Effingham loses to Liberty County 41-17. Don't know if they'll make the playoffs. I think South Effingham will be out. Uh, Savannah Country Day to go on Savannah Christian last night. That was your high school game of the week right here on ESPN Radio, fueled by NMARC. And the Savannah Christian Red Raiders, 15, Country Day 6. Great game, great defensive battle in the rain. And if you would have told me there would be four field goals and five touchbacks, that means the ball's kicked out of the end zone in high school football, I would tell you crazy because it was wet last night. But Savannah Christian rose to the occasion. Defense, defense, defense. That's what Coach Chumley preaches. Uh, they held Country Day. Um, to 66 yards rushing and 127 yards passing. They slowed down that offense, and it's just a great game. But we'll talk to PJ about that. Let's go to scoreboard so I can go to the break. St. Andrews at home loses to Colleton Prep 41-27, but the Lions will be in the state playoffs. Memorial Day School, 35, Brentwood 13. They hold home field advantage every game until the championship. They'll be playing next Saturday against Covent. Covenant Christian at Memorial Stadium at 3.30. Memorial Day School, 35, Brentwood 13. I think they've been in the playoff championship games the last five years straight. So uh, we've got to give it out there to the Blue Thunder. Uh, and then, of course, uh, last game I got on tap in this area. I'll get to South Carolina schools late, later. Uh, North Academy, Isle Baptist, 55-22. Casey Hughes scores two touchdowns, one on a 12-yard run and one on a one-yard run. And then... Today, we have a game going on at 11 o'clock at Memorial Stadium. Glen Academy is taking on Windsor Forest, so we've got a morning uh, game. And then tonight, Effingham County takes on Groves at Garden City Stadium, game time 7.30. Well, this cannot be possible without my sponsor, Optum Orthopedics. They have 26 of the finest and best trained orthopedic surgeons in the region, a full-service outpatient surgery center, digital MRI, x-ray services, physical therapy, hand therapy, one convenient location. Optum Orthopedics is your best choice for comprehensive orthopedic care. Remember, they support our local athletes and our local sports. The center is located at 210 Eastern Avenue right here in lovely Savannah, Georgia, or you can visit them on the World Wide Web at www.optumhealth.com. Next up, we'll be talking high school football with the man, the host of ESPN, ESPN Radio Savannah's weekly show, First Look at High School Football, every Thursday night right here from 6 to 9 on AM 1400, 104.3 FM. That's PJ Zuko. 
Once again, this is the Call Demasi Sports Report. I'm Call Demasi. I'm glad you could join me. This is all presented to you by Optum Orthopedics right here on ESPN Radio Savannah, AM 1400 and 104.3 FM. And now. Back to the Carl DeMasi Sports Report, sponsored by Optum Orthopedics on ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400, and FM 104.3. And today's show is brought to you by Optum Orthopedics right here on ESPN Radio, Savannah, and Hilton Head, AM 1400, and 104.3 FM. I'm Carl DeMasi. I'm glad you could join me. And you're listening to the Call of Demasi Sports Report every Saturday right here on ESPN Radio from 9 until 11. And I do apologize. National sports news. I said the Braves won the World Series. Wishful thinking. It was the Boston Red Sox. And, you know, we know the Braves came from Boston because there was a Boston Braves team along with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, and then, of course, uh, they moved out to Milwaukee, and then they came down here to Atlanta, and that's how we got the Atlanta Braves. So going through that uh, little trend there. So uh, once again, I do apologize. The Boston Red Sox are the World Series, the 2013 World Series champion. Well, we got a lot going on. we got a lot of teams jockeying for position, and this young man does the uh, – High School First Look football show every Thursday night right here on ESPN Radio Savannah from 6 to 7. He interviews the coaches. They give you their insight of what's coming up on Friday nights. And uh, it's a great follow-up to what he had on this past Thursday night talking to Danny Britt and the other coaches. And he's joining us now on the ESPN Radio Savannah AM 1400 and 104.3 F hop line. And that's the host of the First Look High School football show, P.J. Zuko. Good morning, P.J. Morning, Carl. Another Saturday morning, we're talking local sports. Uh, I can't believe it's 10 weeks already, can you? I can't believe it at all. It seems like yesterday, I think I said it on the show this week, it seems like yesterday we were having the preseason show, talking about how these teams were going to shake out, how their seasons were going to go, and then we blink an eye and look back, and it's almost week 10. It's pretty crazy. It's crazy how life does that to you, but it has been a great season in the Savannah area for high school football so far. Now, let, let, let me ask you a question here. You, you, you know, you played high school football down there, Frederick Academy, you're a kicker, and, you know, you know a lot about the schools down there, Brunswick Glen, uh, Ware, Wayne, who, uh, Pierce County, and you follow those big time. How's it been that you've covered the whole, the whole year, you've covered both sections? How, how's that been for you? Uh, do you find that intriguing, exciting, hard work? Well, I played at BCA down here, uh, Brunswick Christian, but I do support Frederica. But I mean, I, I do apologize. It's been crazy. It, at first, it, it was a little bit. It was a little bit overwhelming. I'm not gonna lie. But then, as I got the swing of it, it, it is a lot of work. But as I got the hang of it, it, it really came to me. And that's one thing. I, I'm a sports nerd, and I, I love keeping track of teams and stuff like that. So I knew when they gave me not only the Savannah market, but the Brunswick and and, and coastal Georgia market for high school football. Um, I knew it was gonna be tough, but at the same time, I, I knew I could do it just because I, I'm so. I, I love just researching and watching football and keeping track with it so it was a little bit much at first but i got the hang of it and uh here we are today and i love learning more about high school football and i love what all the teams are doing here in savannah not only in savannah but in coastal georgia but we just have awesome high school football all around this area and it's easy to keep track of it when you have such good football going around going on around you 
Well, I mean, we we had a lot of a lot of games last night. People jockeying for position. Let's start with the big boys up there in three five A, and uh, you know, Ware County, of course, is the class of the region. Uh, they're seven one overall. They're six zero in region play. Richmond Hill, Effingham, and Glen round out the top four, and then I guess everybody else is looking in. Uh, Bradwell, Jenkins, Groves, and Windsor Forest. Uh, but Richmond Hill and uh, from this area, Richmond Hill and uh, and uh, Effingham County uh, are two teams that are going to make the playoffs. Give us your uh, Opinion, your outlook on those two teams. Now, Richmond Hill is a really good team. I've been so impressed with them all season. Not only impressed with the players, uh, we can talk all day about Nick Fitzgerald, but Lyman Guy has those guys in check. To, in check, he, He's really a good coach. And I talked about it also last Thursday, is one thing that, that the coaching staff needs to do and the players need to do is the players need to buy into the coaching staff and their system and what they're trying to do. And... One thing with all these teams that are winning and having very good seasons, you can tell the players have bought into their coach and have bought into that style of play. And the Richmond Hill Wildcats really have. Uh, you can tell they, they support their coach and really everything he does. And uh, it, he makes it easy when he's doing so good coaching them. So they're a really good team. I think it's definitely a team to watch out for in the playoffs. Effingham really is the same way. I mean, they, they stumbled a little bit when they came across um, Richmond Hill and, and Glen Academy and Ware County, but they're still a good team, and that's another team that, you know, you might look at other teams might look at in the playoffs and say okay that that's probably a win but if you do that you can't overlook them you can't overlook them that they made the playoffs and they have a good system over there they have a good coaching staff and i think that they're primed for an upset in the playoffs maybe well you see you know richmond hill i'll I'll give you my scenario quick um coach guy Loves coaching football. He's a, a very, very religious man. He believes in, uh, you know, uh, following uh, the Lord, having faith. And, he do, and the kids are buying into that, too. So I know it's a public school, but he, he does preach that, that. He comes from, uh, you know, private schools and where they preach faith, they preach religion. And, uh, you know, the kids are buying into it. Because you, you got to have faith when things start going wrong, whether it's in sports or in life. And I think that's what he's preaching over there, that they have faith. Hey, they're on a road. If they win next week, which, you know, they take on Winter Forest, who hasn't won a game all year, they're going to have the best season in Richmond Hill history. So I give him a, a, a big uh, kudos out to Coach Guy there. And Coach Holder, Buddy Holder at Effingham County and his coaching staff, these guys have been part of that system for a long time. Coach Holder, 14 years. Uh, Mikey Ward. I mean, uh, you can go on. Nico, uh, Nico uh, Gigino. I mean, I can go on. Um, you know, it, it's just uh, Nate Hayes. These guys have been part of that system. And, you know, they, they breathe. They live Effingham County football. And, the, of course, the principal is a former quarterback when the Effingham uh, County Rebels made, made a deep run in the uh, state playoffs, Yancey Ford. So you got those kids believing. So that's Region uh, 3-5-8. Uh, let's go down a little further. And, uh, oh, sorry. Let's go to 3-4-A. I'm getting excited here. I'm getting choked up. Liberty County and South Effingham met last night, but no match. Liberty County was all of South Effingham. So I think South Effingham might not make it, even though they are in every game and they battle hard for uh, Donnie Rebel. Yeah, exactly. They may not make it, but I mean, you look back at the season for them, and like you said, they fought hard. They they were in every game, and 
it, it's just one of those things I think you need to, for the players with those close games, you need to go through that to kind of learn how to win. And for those seniors, uh, they're going to go out without going to the playoffs most likely. But for those other players, those younger players, it's good for them because they have that experience and, and they've learned how to go through that. Now next year, that they can take that with them and hopefully pull out those wins. Uh, it's always good to be in games and very, be very close to win games. I know they're heartbreakers when you don't win them, but that playing experience will help you in the future, and I, I'm thinking we should look out for them next year. Well, I'm excited about South Effingham. They do a good job up there, just like Effingham County. They love that football up there in that county. All right, we got, we got a quick uh, go through this quick. Then we go over to uh, 1A, uh, sorry, 1-3-A, okay, that's Applin County, Pierce, Southeast Bullock, Tattnall, Brantley, Johnson, Savannahheim Beach, and it looks like Johnson is the only Savannah team that has a shot. They have to take on Tattnall County, who lost a heartbreaker last night, 8 nothing to the surprise team, Southeast Bullock, who is six, who is 7-1-1. One, one. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be a great game for the Adams Smashers. That could be two years in a row there in the state playoffs. Oh yeah, and that would be great. That would be that would be good. And, and I mean, I hope that happens. Just one more team in the playoffs for the Savannah area. I mean, that's great. We have great football here around around Savannah, and one more team. I mean, you're looking at a bunch of teams around the Savannah area that could make it to the playoffs. I'm pulling for Johnson. Uh, hopefully, they get that done. All right, PJ, I'm going to ask you a question. I, you know, PJ is also the producer of my show. The man wears many hats, hats for uh, Coastal ESPN Radio So, and, you know, on that Southern Pigskin Network. So uh, what I'm going to do is we're going to stop right here. We're going to stop with the first four regions. We'll come back in the fourth quarter and finish up with 2A, 3A, Geezer and Skeeza, because uh, we got to get to Grayson Stadium there, PJ, because the director of the Sycamore at the stadium, PJ, this is an event that's been going on 11 years. It's a baseball clinic in, in November, but it's been going on 11 years, and uh, we got to get the director on because he's running a show over there, and this is the time that he can make it, and it's just an unbelievable uh, free clinic that they give to the kids in the area. Yeah, and that's good. And you got to think of that. that. That's awesome that they put that on. That is great for the kids. You got to think about all the kids that have gone through that in, the, in those 11 years. Can't wait for this interview and can't wait to have it uh, next segment here. And believe it or not, PJ, it's free. Did you hear me? It's free? Yeah, and, and that's, that's the best <laughs> thing about it is you, you get kids that maybe if it, they had to pay for it and they had to pay a lot of money for it, they wouldn't be able to go. And you have those kids that can come in. And you've got to think how many kids wouldn't be able to do that if for that 11 years you had to pay to get in. So it, it just great, awesome for the kids, and I, I really appreciate how, how he's been doing that for the last 11 years. You got it. Okay, that's PJ Zuko, the host of the High School First Look every Thursday night here right on ESPN Radio Savannah, AM 1404.3 FM. He'll be back in the fourth quarter to finish up our breakdown of the playoff scenario going on here with high school football. Remember, you're listening to the Call of the Massey Sports Report brought to you by Optum Orthopedics right here on ESPN Radio Savannah, AM 1400 104.3 FM. We'll be talking baseball in about four minutes. Stay tuned. And now, back to the Carl DeMasi Sports Report, sponsored by Optum Orthopedics on ESPN Radio Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400 and FM 104.3. And today's show is brought to you by Optimal Peaks right here on ESPN Radio Strata and AM 1400, 104.3 FM. And let's hear it from Harry Carey. 
because we're going to be talking a little baseball in about two seconds. And what other better way than to start this segment with the great one from the Chicago Cubbies, the man himself, the voice of the Cubbies, Harry Carey. And we're talking baseball. That's right. Baseball here in November. Yes, you heard me right. Baseball. This has been going on for 11 years. The 11th annual Sycamore at the Stadium Christian Baseball Camp at Grayson Stadium. Started today at 8.30. Little forecast, little cloudy, little rain outside. And it will go today from 8.30 to 1. It continues tomorrow from 2 to 5. You have to pre-register. It's for boys and girls. Yes, girls too, 8 to 12. And I'm telling you right, it's one of the best free clinics in the area every year. And the man that runs it right now is joining us on ESPN Radio, AM Savannah, 104.3 FM Hotline. And that is, of course, good friend of mine, Jason Rockwell. Good morning, Jason. Hey, Carl. Good morning. How you doing? Hey, you know, talking baseball, we just got done with the World Series, and I know uh, at the beginning of your show I said the Braves won, wishful thinking, but it was the Red Sox, I guess, because that's my Yankee instinct in me. But, I mean, you're doing baseball. This is the 11th year you got this camp going. It's unbelievable. Did you think this, uh, you know, did you think this would grow and grow and grow and be consistent for 11 straight years? <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we'd always hoped, you know, I mean, we had humble beginnings. Uh, we started at the Armstrong Atlantic State University softball complex. And we outgrew that after the second camp, and uh, that's when we were, we're, we're blessed with honestly the opportunity to come out here to Grayson. Uh, we had to go to Bethesda for a couple of years, if you remember when they when they uh, uh, redid the field out here for a couple of years. But we've been out here ever since. And I tell you what, there's a small army of kids out here right now, Carl. I'm standing up in Land Shark Landing all by myself, and I'm just looking at I don't know maybe 80, 90, 100 kids out here today. It's a great day. The field is in perfect condition. Uh, it's like it got just the perfect amount of rain. Well, I guess the good Lord is looking over over us on today because I mean, last night when I was doing the uh, game at um, Garden City Stadium with uh, Christian and uh, Country Day, I'm saying I don't know if they're going to have this baseball camp tomorrow. And I know uh, I didn't I didn't talk to Jason about rainouts, uh, but you know what? I I guess it works out great. Now over 80, 90 kids there, and I I know you have to take them, uh, and you can only take so many. How did you work out getting Grayson Stadium involved in this? Because I mean, you're a baseball uh, enthusiast, uh, a traditionalist like I am. How do you get one of the most historic stadiums? And it is one of the most historic stadiums in minor league baseball to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, well, you know what? Um, we just asked. <laughs> we were humble, and uh, um, it, it was even before. You know, I, I, uh, you know this. I, I've been the uh, chaplain for the for the San Nats for seven seasons now, so I have that relationship with with the management out here and the Mets organization and all that. But you know, we started here before I even did that, and uh, we just worked with the city. You know, it's, it's a city-owned park, and, and we told them, "Hey, this is what we're doing." And, um, you know, they were gracious enough to, to let us use it. And, um, you know, we're going on. This is our 11th year now. And uh, we got some great coaches out here uh, this morning. You know, Damian Moss is here. Uh, he's a first-time coach for us as a pitching coach. He uh, uh, came up in the Braves organization. If you remember him, you know, he was drafted when he was 16 years old out of Australia. And uh, he's here. Mike Hessman, who's got more than 400 career home runs uh, in professional ball, is here as a hitting coach. Wade Rowden's back. He played with Pete Rose, uh, or for Pete Rose, and with Cal Ripken, and uh, man, it's just a beautiful day. Well, I mean, you, you get some great people out there to help you, to assist you, and uh, give us give us the lowdown. What goes on at this camp? Uh, how's it structured? I mean, we got hitting, fielding, running. How, how do you structure it? Yeah, we have eight different stations, Carl, and uh, 
They're about 22 minutes each. And before we get to any baseball instruction, you know, as you know, this is a, this is a Christian-based baseball camp. We uh, the, the coaches just give a story from their heart. It could be something that they've run into in their life and and how they got out of it. Maybe maybe it was God or or Jesus got got them into a better situation. And that's that's where they decided to to follow him. You know, for their life path, and uh, it's made a big difference. And Damian Moss has a great story to tell. In fact, he'll be speaking to the parents here at noontime. Anybody is welcome to come out and hear. We have three breakout sessions for parents. Uh, Wade Rodden's talking at 10 about his, his path uh, to Major League Baseball. Uh, Drew Gross is going to talk about how to keep the kids healthy and injury-free. And then Damian's going to tell his story, and it's a whopper. He told me last night, he said, he said, Rock, I was no Josh Hamilton, but I was close. So these kids uh, cycle through eight different stations, uh, hitting, catching, fielding, uh, base running, D1 sports is out here, speech, teaching uh, speed and agility. Uh, and there's there's a station with uh, with, with Pastor Dusty Reynolds of the, of the Sycamore Church, and uh, you know it's just it's such a great combination, and it, and it works. And uh, we're just humbled to to be able to do it every year. And thanks to our sponsors, it is completely free for these kids. You're also doing something special. You have a silent auction going on too, and you got some great great uh, great uh, I guess gifts, prizes, or uh, items that are for sale, right? Yeah, yeah, um, and, and get the, uh, yeah, we, we have a Frank Viola signed baseball. Uh, Frank was a pitching coach for the Sad Nats. He was the, uh, what, I think it was the 87, uh, World Series MVP and the 88 Cy Young Award winner in the American League. Um, Old Savannah Tours, uh, has donated some tours. Apex Harbor Adventures kayak tour for up to six people. Uh, four passes to Sapelo Hammock Golf Course. Tony Miner, uh, is giving away, uh, a six month membership to Minor League Academy out there in Pooler. He's, give, he's given up a, uh, um, uh, a hitting lesson, uh, restaurant gift cards with 50 square feet of remnant tile from Miller Surface Gallery. And get this, this is my favorite story, Carl, and I, I hope we have some time here, just another 30 seconds or so. But Oh, no, you, you, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you After the two-minute warning, so go ahead. Yeah, and, and it was a bag of stuff, and I, honestly, I didn't go through it until about a month ago. And it was all football equipment. There was nasty stuff that I, I frankly threw away. And then there, was, there were two baseballs in there. One was like, look, at it, it had been used for batting practice for 40 years. The other one fell out of the bag. It stamped on it, Detroit Tigers. And we did some research because it had a lot of names on it, a lot of signatures. It's a 1967 Detroit Tigers autographed baseball. Al Kaline is on the ball. <laughs> Eddie Matthews is on the ball. Um, Johnny Sane, he was the pitching coach for the Tigers from 67 to 69. <laughs> I guarantee you this ball sat in that bag for about four decades. And that's, that's out here in the silent auction for the next two days. Wow, oh, wow, a 1967 Detroit, well, baseball signed by the Detroit Tigers. And you know anything about Al Kaline and that whole group? I mean, Eddie Matthews, I mean, uh, they were one of the perennial best teams during that area during the late 60s. Yeah, yeah, and you know, those guys were tail under their careers and or they, they were like hitting coaches. Johnny Sane was a pitching coach. And, uh, you know, Gates Brown, I have some friends of mine that are, that are Tiger fans, and they just, they can't believe that literally this, this ball just fell out of the bag <laughs> when I was going through it. So, I mean, uh, it's going to be a great weekend. That's, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, you know, I guess it, it's just the way that the whole, the whole, clinic the whole uh you know the whole event goes i mean it just it's just been one one thing after another and uh, you know you guys have just been doing a great job getting these kids uh getting these kids into it and uh just a little tidbit there for you mr rockwell because i know you're a baseball buff like me the detroit tigers finished second to the red sox by one game <laughs> in 1967 yeah there you go there you go 
Yeah. And back then, and uh, back then, back then, you only took the uh, you you took the American League winner against the uh, National League winner, and you did the World Series. None of this other you know mini playoffs or anything like that. That's right. That's right. That that was back when baseball was baseball, right? For us purists out there. All right. Well, you know, uh, you know, it's it's been exciting. It's eleven years. Uh, I guess you foresee this to go on uh, next year. Quick question, though: Did you see the, foresee since you are the chaplain of the Savannah Sandnats? Now I know that. Did you foresee this team winning the whole thing? Oh man, I tell you what, um, it was a special season, Carl. Um, you know, they, they, they had a great team in the first half, but you know, it, it, it's low A baseball. You know, the, the, the guys who were prospects get called up to St. Lucie, and they lost a big. You know, Jace Boyd was called up, and Kevin Flawecki, two of the big bats right in the middle of the order. And it took a while to regroup, and it, was, it, it almost brought a new dynamic to the clubhouse. But I'll share this with you. Not many people know this, but four different times during the season, Luis Rojas was their manager. And in the Dominican, when they win a championship or they lose, the first thing they do, Luis told me, is, is they, they celebrate on the field, they get in the locker room, and they pray together as a team. And he asked me to do that uh, the Friday after they won the uh, – the, the first half championship, and we did. And it was a, it was a, it was a goosebump moment. Everybody was in there. We did it at the end of the season. We did it again when they when they won the uh, Southern League title, and then we did it again when they won the whole thing. And I have never ever in my life been a part of something so special. Um, just great guys, a great organization, and I pray that the city of Savannah does the right thing. And let's get in my new ballpark. If you come inside and look under the hood of, of the stadium, it's a great field. I love it. The facilities here just they're 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 inadequate for a minor league baseball team, um, and, and that you know the, the Mets need something better. And I hope the city does the right thing and ponies up, and uh, let's let's build them a, a new stadium where you can do outdoor events. It's, it's down by the river, walk up ticket sales, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, this season uh, I'll get off my soapbox there. But this season was very very special, um, very strong unit. Um, unbelievable things happened in that clubhouse. Well, always a great job, Jason. Always giving us an insight about baseball in Savannah. I mean, you're part of the uh, the adult league, and now you, you do this every year with the uh, Sycamore at the stadium. Great job. Keep it up. And I look forward to number 12 next year. And tomorrow it continues from 2 to 5. You can come out and see what's going on. Great job. Whenever you have anything else, just let me know, guy, and uh, we'll talk about it. All right. Thank you, Carl. Thank you for your support. Hey, always great job. Jason Rockwell, the director. And now I finally found out the chaplain of the Savannah Sand Nats of the Sycamore at the Stadium, 11 years, free baseball clinic in the middle of the uh, year. Baseball six months away, so people are starting to get ready. Once again, great job. We'll come back. We'll finish up this hour talking about more local football playoff, uh, playoff insights, who's going to make it, who's not. You're listening to the Call of the Monster Sports Report, brought to you by Optimopedics right here on ESPN Radio Savannah, AM 1400 and 104.3 FM. We'll be right back. Demasi Sports Report, sponsored by Optimorthopedics on ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400 and FM 104.3. And I'm Carl Demasi, your host of the Carl Demasi Sports Report, brought to you by Optimorthopedics right here on ESPN Radio, Savannah. AM 1400 and 104.3 FM. Well, the first game has gone really quick. The first hour, we're already into quarter number four. Uh, I got to thank Jason, uh, Jason Rockwell, director of the Sycamore at the stadium over there at Grayson Stadium, the free 
Christian Youth Baseball Clinic, and it's open to anybody. Uh, so don't let the uh, term Christian Youth Baseball Clinic scare you away. But he does a great job. Uh, 11 years. We're looking for number 12 next year, and will continue tomorrow from 2 to 5 over Gracing Stadium. Now to continue from the second quarter, back with the host of the First Look High School Football Show right here on ESPN Radio every Thursday from 6 to 7 at night. Joining us back on the hot seat, or on the hotline as I like to call it, the ESPN Radio Savannah AM 1400 104.3 FM hotline is PJ Zuko. What's up, PJ? Still just hanging out here with you, Carl. I mean, un- unbelievable, unbelievable uh, free clinic that goes on every year, and that's the key. It's free. Not that it's Christian based, or they, you know, they got a lot of involvement with faith and everything else, and it's just great to have them in the middle of the uh, football season. Yeah, yeah, that's an awesome thing they got out there. And, you know, even if you're not into the faith thing, even if you, the, even if you're not Christian, don't let that scare you away. They still got a great camp out there, and it's free. I mean, like we were saying, that that provides so much for uh, the people around Savannah. So, just, just an awesome thing they got going out there. If you're faith-based, it's a great place for you to go. If you're not, it's still a great place for you to go. So, just an awesome camp they have out there. All right, I know you're itching to get back at the, the uh, playoff picture. We talked about 5A, 4A, 3A. Now let's get to 2A. I mean, there's only one team we're talking about, and that's BC. They'll have a chance to have their first undefeated regular season next week when they take on McIntosh Academy, who's not too bad. Uh, so they're, they're going to have a, a tall task. Uh, right now they're 8-0 in region, uh, uh, 9-0, sorry, they're 9-0 overall, 8-0 uh, in region play. Uh, just a great team, and it's going to be right here on ESPN Radio next week. Exactly. Can't wait for that one. BC always provides a, just a great crowd uh, out there at, at Savannah State Stadium. And But you can't sleep on McIntosh County Academy. I mean, like you said, right now... They are five and four. Okay, they're five and four. They're five and three in region, and they're going to be looking to win that game. They're they're not going to lay down for Benedictine. Uh, Benedictine's nine and zero, a great team. We've been talking about them a lot here in the Savannah area, but they're not going to lay down. Keith Goss is a tough coach. He's a tough coach, and, and that resonates throughout his program, resonates throughout his players. So it's going to be a tough out for Benedictine, but Benedictine has had a great season. Uh, like we said before, those players just have bought into Danny Britt, and, and it's probably hard to keep high school players focused on one game at a time and not have them look ahead, but that's what they have them do. I mean, not one game this season have they been caught looking in the future and, and not paying attention or, or not uh, putting 100% on the field. They do that every single week, and it shows in the scores. It shows how they play against teams. So it should be a good one next week, and hopefully we'll be talking about Benedictine having an undefeated season uh, for, for their program. And that's next Saturday. We'll talk about that. All right, let's go. Let's go to the small schools. Three A Calvary Day School clinched. Country Day's got that second seed on the crossover game. They got a shot at the playoffs. I mean, uh, then we're looking at Savannah Christian with a big win last night. And if they could beat Trueland County on the road next week, they got a shot at getting in the top sixteen teams of that private school playoff system. So we could have three local teams in that at that state playoff in Class A. Yeah, and that just con- continues feeding more and more schools into the playoffs that could get. And, and, and so good for Donald Chumley and the Savannah Christian Raiders. I, I mean, y- 
it's been a tough season. You, you beat Jeff Heron and the Prince Avenue Christian team, and you think, man, this Savannah Christian team is going to be a tough out. And then they lose a couple games, but then they get that big win last night against Savannah Country Day. It's been an up-and-down season, but so happy for Donald Chumley and Savannah Christian that, that they might have a chance here if they win next week to get in the playoffs. And just good for the city of Savannah to have this many teams in the playoffs. Uh, we're really making a name for ourselves, and Savannah is definitely a football city and we're teaching that and we're having that known to the rest of the state i think this year i mean i'll make this quick and you know if you listen to tommy palmer on the scoreboard the high school scoreboard show or the kickoff the countdown to kickoff right now calvary's in seventh okay savannah country day who's had a phenomenal year uh they're 19th and savannah christian is 21st this is crazy so we won't know till next tuesday while we play next friday the following tuesday what's going to happen so it's pretty exciting let's go to uh the georgia independent school association four out of five last years or five years they've been in the state championship but memorial day school's on a roll they'll hold their first round playoff game here next saturday at 3 30 at memorial stadium the blue thunder is on a roll yeah, Memorial Day School, they're hosting just another team in Savannah that's doing really, really good, and they're hosting that playoff game, and 9-1 and one here on, on, the, on the schedule, on the year. The only loss you have is one point to Valwood, so I mean, such a good season they've put together. I still remember you having their coach on the first week of the season, and... After their bus breaks down, they go up to Mount DeSalis and still win a game 14-12. to Got that game started late. So just an awesome season for, for Memorial Day. A great way to end it last week. Well, I mean, last night with Brentwood School winning that one 35-13. They're on a roll. Look out for Memorial Day in the playoffs because they have a great team. And Michael Thompson really leading that team well as the head coach. Speed. Very quick team. Very quick. And we know speed sometimes is is better than having size and then we got to go with the last uh, skis over the south carolina league bible baptist and st andrews are in the uh in the playoffs and i know we got about a minute left bible, bible baptist has uh, been dealing with a lot of band-aids with injuries and st andrews is still growing so we got a lot going on pj always great insight we'll come back at the end of the show we'll talk more about the big game down there the biggest cocktail party in the united states i don't care what anybody says that's what it is florida georgia yeah, I can't wait to talk about that one and give some insight on that. going to be an awesome game today. And you know the Georgia-Florida fans have been partying since, I think, Wednesday <laughs> or Tuesday. So can't wait for that game. It's going to be a crazy one down there in Jacksonville. All right, and we got hour number two coming up from 10 to 11. Game number two, as I like to call it, the Call of the Mossy Sports Report. Once again, presented to you by Optum Orthopedics right here on ESPN Radio. Savannah, AM 1400, 104.3 FM. We'll be talking in the second hour to the columnist, Stephen Weeks, the weathering team chiropractic athlete of the week, Derek Kirkland from Calvary, 15 touchdowns on the year. Might even be more than that. He scored three or four last night again, or two or three last night. I don't know what it is. Once again, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Call of Demasi Sports Report, presented to you by Optum Orthopedics. Same great place, just a new name, and they're doctor-led and patient-focused. This has been the Carl DeMasi Sports Report, sponsored by Optum Orthopedics on ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400, and FM 104.3. <laughs> 
This is the Carl DeMasi Sports Report. Excited to be back here again to talk about local sports. And that's what the show's about, local sports. Sponsored by Optum Orthopedics. You want to hear about your favorite local athlete, your favorite local team, your favorite local high school, middle school, pop water football team, YMCA basketball team, City League. That's what it's all about. Let's talk about it. Let's let people know about it. On ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400, and FM 104.3. Good morning, Savannah, and welcome to hour number two of the Call of the Monster Sports Report, brought to you by Optimal Orthopedics right here on ESPN Radio Savannah. AM 1400, 104.3 FM. I'm called Damasi. I'm glad you could join me. We're into hour number two, or as I like to say, game number two. The second hour goes from 10 to 11, and uh, we got a great lineup for the second hour. We'll be talking to the Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic Athlete of the Week, senior Calvary football player, wide receiver, running back, uh, return specialist, defensive back, whatever you want him to do, he'll do for you, and that's Calvary football player Derek Kirkland. Another two touchdowns last night. 17 on the season. Not bad. Calvary has their, has their workout next week when they go to Johnson County for the region title. Okay, and then we'll talk to uh, Calvary Day School Athletic Director Chad Griffin because the man knows a lot about how to break down that Class A playoff scenario because, you know, it's broken down into two halves. We got private and public, and it's all based on PowerPoints and who gets what point. So uh, I'm excited about it. And uh, once again, we got a lot of things going on here today in Savannah, Georgia, but there's two things I want to talk about. First is Georgia versus Florida, and the second is the McGladry uh, tournament, which is a big golf tournament here in, in Georgia, down in Jekyll Island, and it's sponsored by the PGA, and Davis Love the third. I want to get his insight on it, but this man knows a lot about sports in this area. He writes a weekly golf column for the Savannah Morning News, and he's joining us now on the ESPN Radio AM 1400, 104.3 hotline, the columnist, as I like to call him, Stephen Weeks. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Carl. What's going on? Hey, it's Saturday morning, and we're talking local sports. We're talking national sports, and we'll be talking about the biggest party in college football every year down there yeah, in Jacksonville. It's, it's, it's a beautiful day for a cocktail party, isn't it? Oh, it sure is, but you know what? That's not politically correct anymore, Stephen. Oh, yeah, they don't like to call it that anymore, but I don't think they'll ever... They'll, they're not going to get uh, those of us who have experienced it to stop calling it that. <laughs> Well, I can tell you, I've never experienced, but my daughter has. She's a bulldog, and she's down there now. She tells me, Dad, it's the, the most fun, the biggest the biggest uh, involvement in a football game you could imagine. you got to experience it. Hopefully someday I will. Well, you know, unfortunately this year I think the party's about the only thing worth watching down there. <laughs> the two teams that are going to play today are, uh, are, are almost not healthy enough to play a football game, Carl. Well, yeah, that's what they're calling it. They're calling it the injury bowl, the uh, the elimination bowl, anything you want to call it. They're calling it because of the injuries that have devastated both teams. I mean, you know better than I do. It really has played a big factor in the season. Yeah, honestly, they're calling it the world's largest physical therapy session, uh, world's largest <laughs> outdoor physical therapy session. And you know, the problem for both of these teams is that they're not. There's not much to play for today. Uh, they both have an outside chance to to sneak into the SEC championship game if Missouri falls apart. But, you know, this is the first time I can remember that neither team has really anything significant to play for. So we'll see what the uh, we'll see what the atmosphere is. I personally think it's going to be kind of a chippy, uh, testy game. I think both teams are disappointed, and they're going to try to treat this like their Super Bowl for the year. So we, I, I think we might see some pushing and shoving and maybe even a, a fight breakout here and there. 
Well, you know, that, that that's a must when you have a, two big uh, rivals like this. And, uh, I mean, it, it's just a shame. And, you know, Stephen, I know you'll put me into place. Like, I went and watched Georgia lo- lose to Missouri. I was the jinx. But I'm telling you, against Vanderbilt, those targeting calls were so, were so bad. Uh, you know, I know Georgia's not having a good year, and I, I'm not looking for excuses. But they were so, so bad. I mean... They hit him with their shoulders. They weren't headhunting. It just makes me cringe that, you know, yes, I know they are not really got an outside shot, but they'd be in a race if they would have beat Vanderbilt. Well, I'll tell you, Carl, I would say this, though. Those were two plays in the football game. They Georgia had, you know, roughly 100 other plays where they could have, where they could have done, you know, they could have executed better and they could have called different plays and the kids could have caught the ball and, and made tackles and stuff. So, yeah, I agree. Those targeting calls, all year have been a problem in college football, and, and unfortunately, it, 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 it certainly bit Georgia on the backside against Vanderbilt. But, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people <clears throat> blame that loss on those two calls, and I just don't know. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, in a hostile environment, you got to expect the calls to go the other way. You're, you're on the road, and you're in the other guy's stadium. And sometimes that stuff happens, but you can't just, you know, you, you remember from when you were coaching, you can't just pack it up because you got a couple of bad calls on you. You got to figure out a way to, you know, to to to, uh, to get enough to get enough points on the board to beat the other guy, even when the refs are against you. Oh no, I agree with you 100. percent Like you said, there are 100 other plays, but I'm telling I'm telling you, when you got a lead and you're about to stop the other team, and you get a call like that, it just it just decimates your team. It just the morale goes down, and uh, I just think you know, yeah, me personally, me personally, I don't want to see anybody go head hunting. I don't want to see head head to head. I teach I tackling drills. It it just though they got to make the right call at the right time, whether it's this game or any other game, and it just takes your team out of the game. And like you said, I'm not looking for excuses, but I think that was a big part. You know, I think, you know, Carl, here's the thing with Georgia football, and I'm as big a fan of Georgia as as anybody that you can find, but I'll tell you, the reputation Georgia has, and I think it's deserved, is is they are a little bit psychologically weak. Georgia's willing to pack it in when when things don't go their way, and that's been that way for years. I mean, it's not like that's a new thing. It's what Spurrier used to make fun of, and it's what, you know, some of the other coaches around the SEC used to... They used to call the Georgia fans the wine and cheese crowd. You know, I mean, that's a deserved (laughs) reputation. And I think until Georgia does something to change that culture uh, and shows a little more toughness and a little more resolve when when things don't go the right way, there, you know, we're the the program is going to is going to have that reputation. So this might be a game today where we can do that. We get Georgia to come out and play tough. Make you know, uh, execute on defense, execute on offense. Show uh, show everybody that that uh, the program can bounce back from from adversity and and get a big win against uh, one of our biggest rivals. Well, I'm looking for a great game today, and you know, of course, I'm rooting for the Bulldogs. And I give one edge to the Bulldogs again. I know you told me when I talked to you about the Missouri game, I gave it to the quarterback, and I'm going to give it to the quarterback again today. I think Murray's the difference in this game because uh, Florida's rookie, he's been doing a great job, but not good enough. Well, we'll see. You know, Aaron Murray can 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 do a lot of things today, Carl. He can become the all-time leader in SEC touchdowns if he throws three, and that would that would beat uh, Danny Werfel, of course, one of the greatest Gators to ever play. And uh, that would be a special moment for Aaron because he's from Florida. And I think probably the hardest thing for Georgia fans this year is to accept that Aaron Murray's not going to win a championship in four years. As good as he's been, as much as he's meant to the program, and as, as wonderful an ambassador for the program as Aaron Murray has been, he's going to walk out of 
uh, Athens without any kind of championship under his belt, and that really is a shame. Uh, he, he's certainly been one of the greatest Georgia players ever. But more than that, Carl, he's just been a guy who's represented the program uh, just extremely well, and also represented the program under fire. You know, part of part of Murray's career was his Mark Rick didn't get fired. We got, you know, Georgia lost to Boise State in the in the Power Ranger uniforms, and everybody. <laughs> made fun of the dogs, and then you know we go up to South Carolina last year and get blown out. And uh, Murray took a lot of heat for that. But every time he got up off the mat, came back and and uh, and just performed a little bit better. And you know, I for one hope the kid gets a shot in the NFL because he's. I think he continues to represent the university. You know, at the next level. I, I just feel like a guy with that kind of uh, moral fortitude. You know, that the, the guts, if you will. He's going to be successful in whatever he does because he's, uh, you know, he's just shown a, an inner strength to be able to take all that heat and, and turn it around and, and continue to do well. I mean, I agree with 100%, and that's what I look for in a quarterback, someone that's going to take the heat, someone that's going to be a leader on the field. And like you said, it's a shame that he's not going to win something special. All right, we got a two-minute drill here, so I'm going to put you on a two-minute drill. And I know you're the golf columnist. You've been following it. You follow golf closely around here. But we always hear about the McGladry Classic. I mean, big event here in South Georgia. What does that mean to the PGA Tour and mean to Georgia to have something like that down here in the middle of November? Well, you know, I think it's it's a, it's a cool event. You know, it's a uh, it's not quite the same as having an event in the summer when the. Although, you know, this year, Carl, it's a little bit different because now this is actually a part of the 2014 PGA Tour season. So this isn't. You know, they used to call this the silly season, where the guys just tried to find a way to make some money. Uh, they had events that really didn't count towards anything. It wasn't. Uh, they, they weren't officially part of the schedule. Well, this is now officially part of the schedule. It's a this is a 2014 PGA Tour event. So all the all the guys who got their tour cards uh, a few weeks ago um, are going to be there. And I think one thing I think we'll see is I think we're going to see a stronger field than we've seen in the past. It's a it's a beautiful golf course. You know, Davis Love obviously is the host. People have a lot of respect for Davis. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a great tournament. In the sense that uh, you're going to see guys actually competing for a spot in the Masters and, and uh, world ranking points and all that stuff, uh, FedEx Cup points and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I think it's going to take on a different flavor than it's ever had before. Well, Stephen, it's always a pleasure, and I know you are one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Georgia fan I know, and I appreciate your uh, outlook and, of course, about golf every every uh, other week in the Savannah Morning News or when you get a chance to put it in there, and sometimes it's weekly. Keep up the great work, and the last thing I want you to tell me is your prediction score today, Georgia-Florida. Uh, let's see, Carl. I, I don't feel good about it, but I'm going to take the dogs 21-17. Hey, you know what? I, I, I was going to say 24-21, dogs. Uh, I've been rooting the dogs all year long. I appreciate it, and uh, I'll be rooting just like you are. And like you said, it's the biggest cocktail party every year. All right, Carl. Thanks. Go dogs. Have a good one, Stephen. Stephen Weeks, the columnist from the Savannah Morning News, does a great job. His uh, writer's name, his columnist's name is Elmo Weeks, and uh, once again, every week he does a great job with the uh, local sports scene here in Savannah, Georgia. Well, remember, this cannot happen without 26 of the finest and best-trained orthopedic surgeons in the region. They have a full-service outpatient surgery center, digital MRI, x-ray service, physical therapy, all in one convenient location. Optum Orthopedics is your best choice for comprehensive orthopedic care, and they support our local athletes and our local sports. Remember, the is located at 210 Eastern Avenue right here in beautiful Savannah, Georgia, or you can visit them on the World Wide Web at www.optumhealth.com. That's optumhealth.com.
com. And like I said, go dogs. Steven said go dogs. Three point favorites. We both got them winning by. Well, Steven's got them 21 17. I got them 24 21. We'll get back to that, to that at the end of the show. Next up, like honoring the local kids, just nominate them. I'd love to have them on my show. We have the Weatherton Chiropractic Clinic Athlete of the Week from Calvary Day School. Senior, wide receiver, defensive back, return specialist, Derek Kirkland. You're listening to the Call of Demasi Sports Report brought to you by. Optum Orthopedics, their doctor-led and patient-focused, right here on ESPN Radio Savannah, AM 1400, and, of course, 104.3 FM. And now, back to the Carl DeMossi Sports Report, sponsored by Optum Orthopedics on ESPN Radio Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400, and FM 104.3. <laughs> And I'm Carl Demasi. I'm glad you join me for the Carl Demasi Sports Report, presented to you by Optimal Orthopedics right here on ESPN Radio Savannah, AM 1400 and 104.3 FM. Great intro, the eye of the tiger. This next guest is part of a team that's going to need this next Friday night when they travel up to Johnson County for the region, region championship. And uh, he's had a phenomenal season. And once again, we're at the Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic Athlete of the Week. I mean, the skinny on this young man, great numbers. I mean, great season. He was nominated because against Portal. Uh, yes, no, against Claxton. Claxton, he had a huge performance. Uh, he ran for 90 yards as a running back, had three scores, also caught a 16-yard touchdown pass from Michael Peterson. He has a team high now, 17 touchdowns after last night, and Calvary, once again, is going to be battling for the region championship next Friday night. He's joining us now in the ESPN Savannah AM 1400 104.3 FM studio, and that's senior, wide receiver, running back, defensive back, from Calvary Day School, Derek Kirkland. Good morning, Derek. Hey, good morning. How's it going? It's going good. So, I mean, you're, you're having a phenomenal season. Congratulations on last night's win against Portal, 30 nothing. Thank you. Another two scores. Makes you happy when you get in the air in the end zone, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Well, I mean, you've been having a phenomenal season. Calvary's on a roll. You guys won seven straight after losing those first two. You know, I saw the first one when you lost to Landmark Christian. It was only 30-22. to 22. It wasn't like it was a blowout. And then, of course, uh, Bryan County snuck up on you guys. But, I mean, you've been doing such a great job. I mean... You're also a two-sport athlete, which I was going to ask you what other sports you play, but I know that from uh, looking at your bio and everything else you do. But w- when did you start playing football? I mean, you know, was it early? Was it later? You just picked it up to sort of make you a better basketball player. I've been playing football for a long time now, about 13 years. 13 years, I mean. And wh- what do you like most about it? I mean, 13 years. Uh, you got to like something about the sport to come back and play for 13 years. Uh, like hitting people, making plays for my team. So w- what is it? Do you like Laying the wood on somebody, or do you like carrying the ball and scoring a touchdown? I like laying the wood on somebody. I like both. You like both. Well, talk about it now. You're playing defensive back, and I've seen you make some great tackles. I mean, we covered you like three times already on uh, the ESPN Game of the Week. Uh, I've watched you run the ball. I've watched you catch the ball. What is Derek Kirkland's best football skill? I have to say find the hole when my lineman make the hole, uh, my vision to get through the hole and make a long run. Well, that's something you can't teach, and I've watched you do it. Yeah, I mean, you can't teach. I mean, that's got to be instantaneously and you do that all the time and that's a gift and that's a good skill to have especially when you're playing football whether you're a running back or a wide receiver but I mean what do you think's your best skill on uh, defensive I mean because you're also playing both ways what's what's your best skill on defense I have to say reading the quarterback eyes they're going to throw it or run figure out what the play going to be 
And that, that comes with a lot of training, doesn't it? Yes, sir. But well, we're talking about training now. You know, we, we all know that now football is involved in all this weight training, speed training. Now, before you senior, senior year, you're coming into the season, you guys got high expectations. As far as Derek Kirkland goes, what did you do to, to make yourself better? What was the routine to make yourself a better football player this year? Uh, going hard in practice, having what Coach Weber, Coach tell me to do, do it, becoming a leader, helping my team out. No, I mean, you're one of the leaders on that team. I mean, you got you, you got Michael Peterson, you got Hughes. We can go on and on. Your offensive, defensive lineman. Uh, I mean, we could just talk about a whole bunch of the guys on that team. And uh, it's just gelling at the right time. Now, as far as you coming into this year, uh, you looked at as one of the leaders on the team. Did you set any personal goals for you to, you know, to, uh, for this season? Was it score 15, 16 touchdowns? Was it to, to win the championship? What was your personal goal? Uh, I'll say our personal goal was get yeah, at least 15 touchdowns. Mainly when it's to help my win the state championship. Well, you've done that. You got the 15. You're at 17 now, and you guys got to look like a good shot. And you know, you're sitting seventh in the playoff picture. But that, you know, that's how the PowerPoints. You got to get in it to be in it. So you got to get to game 11 to you know to to make it run at the championship. Now, Coach Stroud, great man. Did he make you guys come up with a team goal, or is just you guys do what you got to do and then see what happens? He said we had to become a great team after the first two games. We didn't like how we uh, started off the season, so we went hard after every practice, getting aggressive in practice, pushing each other. That's what Coach Stroud had to do. No, I mean, he's changing around. I know I spoke to Coach Stroud after that second loss, and he said, you know, it's part of his responsibility to get you guys motivated, and I think he has got you guys motivated, and it's one game at a time. You got a big one this Friday night against, uh, against Johnson County, but, uh, you know, you like playing with your friends. I mean, have you been playing with these guys a long time, or this the, you know since you got to Calvary, you've been playing with these guys? Uh, since I got to Calvary, I've been playing with some of them for a long time. Little league, and one of them came from Groves with me. So, well, tell tell us who do you who do you think else is having a good season besides you? Uh, Michael Peterson he got a lot of passing yards. He's he's a great quarterback. Uh, Dre clogging up holes at nose guard. I'd say the offensive line have been great, opening the hole for me. Couldn't do it without them. Leaving, helping the quarterback have much time so he could be patient, and stay in the pocket. Uh, Jordan Walker, Khalid Hughes, Madeline Richards, great athletes at receiver. I don't see anybody guard any of the receivers one on one. Well, you just said it. Now I, I didn't, you know, I tell you about that. You got a great receiving score. Okay, you got you, you got Mylon Richards, you got Khalid Hughes. I mean, uh, we could throw in uh, what, what's it? Uh, Calderon. I love, I love that name. But you got a lot of receivers out there. What do you think is the best part of your football team? Is it the running game or the passing game? I have to say it's a balance because we could just switch out the running backs because we have so many of them. No, uh, I mean you got the you you answer that question exactly the way it should be because coach coach Stroud stressed that he wanted to be a balanced football team and in watching you guys you are a balanced football team you just can't worry about the pass you also got to worry about the run uh, I mean so uh, you, uh, once again this is called Demasi you're listening to the Call Demasi Sports Report and uh, my guest. Right now, during the Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic session, is senior wide receiver defensive back return specialist Derek Kirkland. 17 touchdowns a year, doing a great job. The Cavaliers are on a run. They've won seven straight region championship next week. I mean, so tell us what next week looks like. What is it going to mean to you guys? What, what, what are you going to take into practice? Because, I mean, what does the rest of the season look like? you got one regular season game to go and then the playoffs. What does it look like for you guys? Uh, it looks good. We'll just treat them like every other team. Just do uh, what the coach tells us to do. Take care uh, of responsibilities and play a hard game. Play your game. I mean, you know, everybody's talking about Johnson County, but like you said, Johnson County, I mean, Savannah Christian hung with them, right? 
Yeah. So you figured if you could hang, you know, if they could hang with uh, Johnson County, you guys should be yeah, very, very. Have, have a big shot, you know. Now, do you know where the game's going to be played, or is it still on? Uh, I heard uh, it was going to be at Johnson yeah, County. I think it's going to be at Johnson County because our first two losses. Okay, so it's probably going to wind up at Johnson County. Now, the man in charge. Okay, you've played for him now for two years. Uh, I mean, great man. A lot of you know, faith based. Believes in you know, believes in you know what he's doing, what you guys are doing. Tell us about Coach Stroud. What's it like been working, coach, uh, playing for Coach Stroud? Uh, it's a great experience. Uh, uh, he gonna have you on a good workout, especially someone working hard. Playing with him, you ha- you gonna get conditioned. Uh, he likes to keep it spread, fast offense. It's a great coach. Open up the playbook. Likes to get you guys involved and you know help you out. I mean, he seems like a great guy to play for. Uh, yes, sir. Always, always, always the same, same even keel demeanor. I mean, it doesn't get excited. He doesn't get upset. I mean, I've never seen him get upset of you. No, sir. I mean, he's just the same guy straight through, right? Yes, sir. No, I mean, uh, good guy, great guy. Been coaching a long time, 24 years. Now, on the other side of it, you just don't play football. You're going to go right into basketball, okay? Anything else besides football and basketball? No, sir. Which one do you like better? Uh, That's a hard decision. (laughs) I have to say the same. The same. Right Whatever in season, you're going to go all out. And it, yes, it's sir. tough to say. And, you know, you got, you know, the coach is waiting for you to get to, to basketball. Now, throw all the athletics out, football, ba- basketball. Do you do anything else in school besides uh, sports? Uh, no, sir. No time to do anything else, right? <laughs> <laughs> so this is your fourth year playing high school sports. What has high school sports meant to Derek Kirkland? Uh, I have to say it keeps you, it helps you become a better man. Playing on another team, like you have to take criticism, know when you're wrong or right. Uh, helps you be a better person. Teach you organization, discipline, know when you're right or wrong, know when you have to correct mistakes. I mean, uh, that's what it should be doing, and I'm glad you got that out of it. Now, as far as the school goes, you've been there two years. Tell us about Calvary Day School. What has it meant to meant to you? Uh, it's a great school. I know first coming there, they made me feel welcome. Uh, they make sure that your grades is first, student athlete. Uh, without the grades, not going to play. They care about you, don't they? Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it feels like a family atmosphere over there, doesn't it? Yes, sir. So I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you, you found that in Calvary Day School. Now, as far as next level, you're a senior. What are your future plans? College? Uh, what sport? It's still open in the air? What, what, are you, what are you planning on doing? I'm looking to play college football or basketball if I could. Try to play both. It, it, uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and we talked about this before we got on air, but you do have some people looking at you, right? Yes, sir. Tell us who the schools are. Uh, well, I got offer from Savannah State and Davidson looking from, uh, looking at me and uh, Georgia Southern. Yeah, stay local. You got Georgia Southern, Savannah State, Davidson up in North Carolina. Now, as far as you yourself, besides playing college sports, any future plans, anything you want to be, anything you want to grow up and do? Uh, I still have it open. I'm undecided. Uh, I might look into engineering because I'm good with math. Uh, uh, might look at sports science. No, I mean, you know, believe it or not, most people don't realize this. When a lot of kids, when they leave high school, still do not know what they want to do with their, you know, with their uh, job opportunities or their future plans or what they want to do in life. So, I mean, if, if that's okay, but you know, engineering and uh, working with uh, sports, uh, sports medicine and sports technology is a good field to get into. But, Derek. 
You've had a great season so far. It's not over yet. I know you guys are looking for next Friday night. You're not looking to game 11. Uh, I wish you the best of luck going on road, going up there. But for that unbelievable week last year and the unbelievable season you're having, you're this week's Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic Athlete of the Week for November 2nd, 2013. Derek Kirkland from Calvary Day School Football. Keep up the great work, and uh, hopefully we'll be uh, talking about a state championship in a couple of weeks. All right, thank you. Here you go, Derek. Good job. Once again, this segment is sponsored by Dr. Bart Weatherington at the Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic. Your back hurts, another body part hurts all the time. It makes you mad. The pain drives you crazy. You just want to pick something up and throw it across the room. If you can pick it up and throw it across the room. While at the Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic, you get complete chiropractic care, pain relief to help you move better, have a less painful life, and, of course, achieve a healthier life. So visit Dr. Bart Weatherington at the Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic located at the corner of 70th Avenue and Waters Avenue right here in beautiful Savannah, Georgia. And remember, every week he supports our Athlete of the Week, Dr. Bart Weatherington. Once again, that's Derek Kirkland of the Region 3A East Leaders Calvary Day School. They're a seven and two right now. They've won straight seven straight. They're five and zero. Oh. They'll be playing for the region championship next week at Johnson County High School. Uh, great program. And if you haven't got a chance to watch Derek, he's number one. He's all over the field, right? Number one. See, yes, I can. I, I've never seen your face before, but I can remember <laughs> numbers. And he does a great job. And I'm glad he can make it in here. And once again, Calvary playing Johnson County for the for the region championship next week. Well, next up, we were supposed to have Calvary Day School athletic director Chad Griffin, but just got a little text message that. He had a referee in eight and under football game, so he's out with his son. He's out doing stuff, and uh, once again, family always comes first. Hopefully, he'll call in. He's going to try and call in and help us decipher this private public school playoff system that uh, Georgia High School is using for the Class A teams, and uh, we'll get into that. Or we'll talk a little bit more about what's happening in national and local news. You're listening to the Call of Demasi Sports Report, brought to you by Optum Orthopedics, right here on ESPN Radio Savannah. AM 1400 and 104.3 FM. We'll be right back talking more sports. And now back to the Carl DeMasi Sports Report, sponsored by Optum Orthopedics on ESPN Radio Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400 and FM 104.3. <laughs> Call Demasi, and you're listening to the Call Demasi Sports Report brought to you by Optum Orthopedics. Remember, they're doctor-led and patient-focused. It's just the same great place, just a different name. It used to be the Southeast Orthopedic Center. Now it's Optum Orthopedics, and it's all brought to you right here on ESPN Radio Savannah, AM 1400 and 104.3 FM. Well, we had... Uh, Athletic director of Calvary Day School, uh, Chad Griffin, lined up, but due to uh, him being at his son's game, I guess the referees didn't show up. He's uh, refereeing a game. He's going to try and call in. If he doesn't, well, we'll find out. I've been trying to search for a uh, softball score because right now, Savannah Christian, Lady Red Raiders, are in the uh, state semifinals. They're in the loser's bracket championship game. If they win, they make it to a championship. So I, I wish I could find out if anybody has the score. Give us a call at 920-4441. Let us know what's going on. we got the Lady Red Raiders playing the state semifinals. The ladies' volleyball team made it to the state semifinals, lost a heartbreaker to Hebron in five games. They lost the last one, 15-13. Had Julie Jones on the halftime uh, 
the halftime show of the football game last night, the Enmark High School Game of the Week, fueled by Enmark, and uh, just just a great great girl, great person, graduated from Savannah Christian, back there coaching at Savannah Christian, and uh, she's loving it. Volleyball, 17 years she's been coaching there. But I guess what I want to talk about until I get Coach Griffin on the on the phone is something that's going on in the NFL, and being a coach, I really really take a lot of uh, notes of what goes on in my locker room, and that's hazing, bullying. Now, this is the National Football League. We're talking about the Miami Dolphins. The starting tackle, okay, offensive tackle, Jonathan Martin, was being abused by his fellow professional athletes. This is professional football. Professional. I can't believe that in the year 2013, hazing, bullying, Picking on somebody goes on in pro football. I know there's traditions. The rookies got to get up and sing in the cafeteria. I mean, they got to do all this other stuff. I understand that, but we're in the year 2013. You know, with all the publicity, with all the media, with all the social networking, all YouTube, anything could be posted right away. It's pretty embarrassing when your teammates are picking on you. I mean, the guy just had enough. Jonathan Martin, offensive tackle of the Miami Dolphins, just got up and walked out. I mean, it's ridiculous. This should not go on. Last night at Savannah Christian Calvary Day School, Savannah Christian gets Calvary Day School. Savannah Christian quarterback goes into the end zone. He's on his six-yard line. He starts sticking the ball in in the defensive player's face. Well, there's a flag on the play. In National Federation High School rules and in Georgia High School, it's called taunting. They took the touchdown off the board, and they brought the ball back out to the 21-yard line. To make a long story short, he ran for a 39-yard touchdown. They brought it back. They still scored a touchdown on that drive. But, I mean, Donald Chumley, I give a lot of credit to him. He got in his player's face, and he got into the faces of the kids on his sideline, telling them that we don't do that here at Savannah Christian. And I'll tell you right now, that's the way it's got to be done. Even though it's professional football, this should be controlled. It should be controlled. And for an adult to just get up and walk out, 24-year-old man, say, I've had enough, what are the Miami Dolphins doing? What's your opinion on this? Give me a call, 912-920-4441. I don't let it go on in my locker room. I don't let it go on on my teams. What I do is each group has an assignment every week. I give the seniors a little more respect. I give them, them a little more responsibly of them overseeing what's going on. Like one week, the freshmen will take the water out. The juniors will bring it in. The sophomores will take the equipment off the field. There's no freshmen do everything. Okay, yes, there's some things I do. Like traditionally, the freshmen will be the last ones to get on the bus due to the fact that we don't have enough room on the bus. So some of them have to squeeze in there. I feel the seniors, they've been doing this. They had their turn when they were freshmen. They had to stand up. So it's just something I, I, you know, that really bugs me. And PJ Zuko, my producer, the, the host of uh, the First Look High School show, if you're listening, I don't know how you feel about this, but when an adult, a 24-year-old man, leaves the team because he's been har- being harassed, he's being taunted, it's something that's pretty serious, don't you think? Yeah, it's got to be pretty serious. It's kind of ridiculous. I'm with you on this one. Uh, got to get control of your locker room and as you're doing this. And I'm all for, like you were saying, freshmen and rookies uh, going through their initiation, I guess, uh, of being on the teams. But when it gets to this point, and th- that's a grown man. I mean, you 
got to think he he went through a lot to be able to stand up and be like, you know what, I'm sick of this and I'm done with it, and walking out on, really, that's his job, that's his career, and he just walked out on it uh, out of practice because of that. It, it had to be a lot for him to do that, and I'm with you. I think it's ridiculous. It's nothing that should be in the game, nothing that should be in any game, and I think just people got to get their heads on straight, and that's really what it comes down to. I mean, you know, I, and I could live, relive my own experience, okay? And I'm not looking for self-pity. I'm going back into the late 70s, middle 70s, freshman on the football team. We didn't have a JV and varsity team back there. We just had a freshman team and a varsity team. Here I am, I'm sorry, a, a middle school team and a varsity team. Ninth through 12th graders playing on varsity. Small school. We maybe had about 40, 50 guys on a team, okay? But, uh, you know, I, 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 and back then the lockers were big enough. I mean, I had powder poured all over me. I had atomic bomb placed where you want to wouldn't want it to be placed, and I was stuffed in the locker. And that was part of the initiation, and they thought it was cool. And, you know, it's something I would never forget because nobody stood up to help me get out of that locker. Finally, finally, after everybody left, one of the juniors came back in and, and got me out of that locker, or I would have been there overnight. And, and there were times when kids were left in lockers overnight. And I know when I became a senior, I wasn't taking part of that tradition. That, that, that was totally wrong. And it's something that I'll never forget. It didn't scar me, but it helped me with my coaching, that I was going to make sure that no kid on my team, whatever team it may be, whatever sport, wasn't going to be, you know, hazed or bullied or anything like that. And, you know, it, it, you know back then during, you know, the late 60s, middle 70s, you know, the, the society started changing. But when a grown man does this, there's something wrong. There definitely is. Somebody has to take control of that program. Yeah, definitely. There's a line that you draw with with things that freshmen and stuff like that goes through. And like you said, you're not scarred from that. But, I mean, you know better and you know how to coach better because of that. And you know not to let your kids do that pretty much. And where I came from with BCA, it wasn't, it wasn't to that extent. But, I mean, you do, through, you do go through things if you're a freshman or if you're a younger guy on the team. I mean, after practice, the freshmen and all that picked up the equipment and picked up any game raid bottles or anything like that that were left on the field. Seniors got to go ahead and, and, and head in and change. I mean, uh, seniors and juniors got were the first ones to pick their number at the beginning of the season and, and things like that on and on. But at the same time, you, you have that responsibility as a team to help out a little bit. So, I mean, we did and we helped out a little bit while we could. But those things are normal. And those things, those things are, are things that I think freshmen and younger people should go through because the people above them and the people that are older than them had to go through that as well. But there's a line you draw, and I think this crossed the line. Obviously, it had to cross the line for a grown man to get up and, and walk out of his own job. No, I agree with you 100%, and that's my, uh, my little uh, tidbit right there for the day that I know I don't do it, and I know local area coaches don't don't encourage it. So I'm happy to say that you know finally you know we're talking about professional sports. Things have to change sooner or later. It will change, and uh, hopefully it does. Well, next up we'll come back. We'll wrap the show, and I guess the topic of the last segment, PJ, do your research. Georgia against Florida. We'll talk about. Tech taking on Pittsburgh. We'll talk about Savannah State taking on South Carolina State. We'll talk about. Georgia Southern taking on Furman. Once again, one of my proud sponsors that I, I got to give a big kudos out because they sponsor this show every week and they help uh, with the uh, plaques. Uh, they help for the Athletes of the Week, and that's Russell Sporting Goods and Trophies. You remember, you're a coach, you're a parent, you're a local organization, you need uniforms, you need cleats, you need sports-specific shoes, you need basketballs, baseballs, softballs, golf balls, bats, weights, training equipment. You need trophies or plaques. 
for your team or your organization. Well, you can find all your sporting goods and trophy needs at Russell Sporting Goods and Trophies located at 5 Oglethorpe Mall Annex, right behind the Oglethorpe Mall right here in Savannah, Georgia. Russell Sporting Goods and Trophies is a Savannah family-owned business, and they've been in business for over 40 years. So stop by and get some great help from Russell, Rusty, Mike, and Jan at Russell Sporting Goods and Trophies, and they will help you with all your sporting goods and trophy needs. We'll wrap it up with a college football little insight here, right here on the Call of the Mossy Sports Report, brought to you by Optum Orthopedics, right here on ESPN Radio, AM 1400 and 104.3 FM. And now, to the Carl DeMasi Sports Report, sponsored by Optum Orthopedics on ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400 and FM 104.3. And I'm Carl DeMasi. What final way to end the show with the Georgia Bulldog fight song? Taking on their arch rival, the Florida Gators today at 3.30. And you're listening to the Call of the Monster Sports Report brought to you by Optimal Orthopedics right here on ESPN Radio Savannah, AM 1400 and 104.3 FM. Well, you know, we're, we're wrapping up the show here. We got about six minutes to go. And uh, probably the biggest game on tap right now is in the state of Georgia is Florida against Georgia. But it's not the biggest one in the country because we know later on tonight the biggest game in the country is when the the Canes take on the Seminoles. And we know Florida State's been on a roll. But let's get to the local teams right now. And uh, we know it's the... uh, we know it's been called, we'll get to that one last, the, the Band-Aid Bowl, uh, the Infirmary Bowl, uh, whatever you want to call it. But uh, we'll start off with local teams. And uh, P.J. Zuko, the host of uh, the First Look, High School First Look football uh, show, is going to jo- join in with me. And we got to take a look at Savannah State taking on Savannah, sorry, South Carolina State. So it's going to be a tough one for the Tigers over there at T.A. Wright Stadium. What do you think, P.J.? Uh, it's been a tough season for Savannah State. Uh, sadly, I don't think they can pull this one out uh, against South Carolina State. I, I feel like South Carolina State uh, pulls this one out against Savannah State. Hopefully they keep it close, though. I, th- I think Savannah State keeps it close, but I don't think they're winning this one today. Yeah, it's, it's been a tough ro- uphill road for Coach Wilson, first-year coach. Uh, SSU comes in 1-8, and 0-5 in the MEAC, where South Carolina State comes in 5-3 and 3-1. and, three and one. Yeah, I guess like, we got to go with South Carolina State. Now, now we cannot forget about our ACC team, Georgia Tech, taking on Pitt. What's your feelings on that one? Yeah, Georgia Tech, also another team that had its ups and downs this season. Started out the season very well, uh, got a lot of high hopes, uh, but then then plummeted there in the middle of the season. But I think they'll pull this one out against Pitt. Pitt has a tough defense, so it's going to be a little bit of work for the Yellow Jackets and this option offense. But I think I think Paul Johnson leads the team to a win today against Pitt. All right, and then we got to go up to Statesboro, the prettiest little stadium in the United States that's getting a facelift for the Eagles to make that, you know, uh, jump from SoCon to the uh, to the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, they're taking on arch-rival Furman. Anytime these two teams play, they hate each other. I mean, they hate each other. And I know we talked about Appalachian State last year, last week, but this one is more of a hatred in this game. So, uh, I mean, uh, let, let, let's get your insight on the Eagles taking on the Paladins. Gabe Quintero on the call up there, the same guy that uh, had our Savannah game of the week. He does that every week with you up there, so uh, good for good for Gabe. But Georgia Southern, another team that 
didn't expect to have a bad season, and they've had their ups and downs as well. A tough season uh, for Georgia Southern as they head up into the FBS, FBS level next year. But Furman, like you said, you throw the white records out, out the window, and we thought the same thing last week against Appalachian State. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, and we thought Georgia Southern was going to get the win there, but they end up not. I think this one's even more of a hatred, even more of a close game. I think Georgia Southern pulls this one out because you, you, you throw the records out the window, and it's pure hatred that's inspiring you in this game today. I think the Eagles pull this one out. I mean, it's always that way when these two teams get together. And like you said, we've been watching Georgia battle the injury uh the injuries uh we're watching georgia southern do the same thing uh you know so it, it's definitely you know jerick mckinnon going down last week their uh last game against appalachian state early really put our uh you know a hinder on their offensive plan so it's going to be a tough one i'd definitely love to see the eagles rebound it's going to be close but i'll go with the eagles also so well now, now we got to go with the uh, big one before we get to the big one we got a time check here we got plenty of time first i want to talk about the one that's on tv tonight at eight o'clock miami florida state and it'll be on espn radio uh, I, I mean a great matchup hurricanes against the seminoles interstate rivals just you know waiting to happen Oh, yeah, and this one is a big one here in this series. I think the first time I, I saw on ESPN yesterday, the first time since, I think, 2003 or 2004 that these teams are both ranked in the top ten heading into this matchup. A big game tonight, has national championship implications tonight, but I think there's a lot of hype surrounding this one because they're both undefeated, but I'm with Kevin Thomas uh, on how this game's going to end up. I think Jameis Winston is just too much, and not even, not only him, but all the firepower they have on offense for the Seminoles, and their defense is stout as well. And Miami has been flirting with losses the last couple weeks. I, I just don't see this one being close. I think I think the and I'm not trying to kill the hype, but I think the Seminoles jump out to an early lead and they ride that momentum throughout the game. I think this, I think. The spread is right on this one, honestly. I think it's a 20 or 30 point game. I just, the things I'm seeing from the Hurricanes just aren't making me happy so far this year, uh, even though they beat Florida. But I, I, I'm just not happy with them. I think the Seminoles roll against the Hurricanes tonight. I mean, when I watched what Florida State did to Clemson in Death Valley, I don't see it being close either. I really don't. I just and it's in Tallahassee and Florida. Florida's Florida State's been on a roll and like you said, they got one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. And he's only a freshman. I'm pretty impressed with him. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a four touchdown blowout. Also, so uh, you know. The, the moment is too big for the Hurricanes. I think the hype is too big for them. I think the moment's going to overwhelm them there in, in Tallahassee. That, that's, that's just my, that's my thing about the whole game. All right, now we got to get to the big one. I know we're going up against the clock here. Georgia-Florida. we got the, the battle of the injuries. Who's going to come out on top? I say 24-21. We got Gurley back. We got Murray. He's got the experience. I'm going dogs. And that's you got the key thing right there. Injuries have plagued both teams, but guess what? Todd Gurley's back. I think he gets 20, 25, 30 carries. I think they really ride him, even coming back from injury, because that's what you need to do. And Aaron Murray and the Georgia Bulldogs have a chance to be the first Georgia team to win three straight against Florida since the late 80s. I think they'll do that. Aaron Murray, with his experience playing in this game and having Todd Gurley back, is going to be huge. I think Georgia wins in an ugly one, honestly. I think maybe 20 to 14 Georgia. 
I agree with you 100%. And once again, PJ, thank you for your help. Whatever you may be doing this weekend, always, always hit it out of the park. And once again, this is the Call of the Mossy Sports Report, brought to you by Optimal Orthopedics right here on ESPN Radio, AM 1400 and 104.3 FM. Have a great weekend, and go dogs. This has been the Carl DeMasi Sports Report, sponsored by Optum Orthopedics on ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400 and FM 104.3.